boy, Rodney Perry. You're tuned in to Rodney Perry Live. I'm super-duper excited about today. Got uh, a great show lined up for y'all. Uh, let's get right into it. First of all, uh, shouts out to uh, Richmond, Virginia, man. Had a great time in Richmond, Virginia this past weekend. Uh, the, the, the staff at the Richmond Funny Bone treated us like gold. Uh, great shows, all the great people that came out. Uh, y'all off the chain, man. Thank y'all for, for coming and supporting uh, my live show, The Black Tour is in full effect. Now, people have been asking me, Rodney Perry, what is The Black Tour? I mean, we know you black. You know, but what's The Black Tour about? What I'm doing with this tour, in addition to traveling around the country and making people laugh, is I'm really taking an honest look at black history because every city has some sort of black history. So uh, in Richmond, Virginia, I went to the Hippodrome, which was like the place back in the day for people like Ella Fitzgerald, Miles Davis, uh, uh, James Brown. Uh, when they weren't able to play the quote-unquote white circuit, they would play places like the Hippodrome. So I'm, I'm going around the country shooting little videos and really capturing this black history. So the black tour is about, one, going into comedy clubs and destroying the stage uh, the way I do, but it's also about capturing that black history in these cities that I get to go to. So this week I was at Richmond, Virginia. This coming week, this week I'll be at the Tunica, Tunica, Mississippi, that's right outside the, uh, Memphis, it's the Tunica Funny Bone, so you guys can check me out there, and then the following week, the following week, I'll be in Kansas City, Kansas City at the Kansas City Improv, so check out the website, it's RodneyPerry.com, and, uh, you know, that that's where you can catch all things Rodney Perry, and follow me on Twitter, because we are definitely going to get it in, you understand me, so... With that, we're going to get the show started. Uh, my guest for the day, her name is Miss Shanae Hall. When I come back, we're going to talk to Shanae. she got a brand-new book on the streets. It's called For Single Ladies Only. Matter of fact, it ain't even on the streets yet. We get to talk about it before it hit the street. This is Roddy Perry. This is exclusive. Y'all ain't ready. Stay right there. We'll be right back. What did I do with my last five hours? Let's see. I was a dietitian, a housekeeper, a pediatrician. Yeah, that was a third degree boo-boo. A housekeeper, a sanitation engineer, a housekeeper. Good thing I have five-hour energy to keep me going. What will you do with your next five hours? Why are you so 
silly, first of all. Man, y'all just enjoying life. Can I live? Can I can you, I enjoy you, my you life? You really can live. You really can live. <laughs> you know, this, you know one of the things I like about you is I've never seen you without your smile. I mean, you always have a great disposition. You don't, you don't be you know mad mugging people that want to hide. You you just you just always had this great dis, disposition. What what is that about you? Where does that come from? You know what? I, I think at, at some point in my life, I figured out that there are a lot of people that when they're dying, they say, if I would have known, or if they find out they have cancer, if they only, you know, if, whenever something really bad happens and when they decide to live. So I looked at that and I said, instead of me waiting till I die, I'm going to live every day as if. If I leave right now, I told everybody in my family I loved them. I kissed my kids a hundred times. I told my mom I love her. I said I loved them all my friends. And it's every day. When I see you, I'm going to talk to you like if I left right there at that moment and I never saw you again for whatever reason, I'd let you know how I felt. Instead of harboring old stuff or instead of trying to find a way to stay angry, which some people do, I've decided not to live that way. And no matter what happens, you, I'm going to shake it off. I got, you know, 15 minutes I could be mad about it or sad about it, and then I got to let it go because I'm alive right now. I'm living right now. My family is healthy. My my job situation is, is going the way I want it to be. My life is heading in the direction. I have great friends around me. So, hell, ain't no reason to be mad. And that's how I live. You know what? And it, it's really shining through. Sinead Hall, man, you, you, you shook up the world with your first book, why do I have to think like a man? It was the answer to the Steve Harvey book. Why take on a big dog like Steve Harvey? You know what's funny, Rod, is that when Steve wrote that book, we were already, my mom and I were already writing Why Do I Have to Think Like a Man. It wasn't called Why Do I Have to Think Like a Man. It was actually called WTF. And when he came out with that, it was like, exactly. <laughs> it was like, that That kind of was like, okay, we could transition this easily. It's like, why do I got to think like a man in order to be successful? And the problem with, with Steve's book, and I thought, you know, I read the book. I felt like there were some good points in there. But the thing is, when women read the book, they didn't question anything. And he was on Oprah talking about his book, where in his book he's talking about men cheat on their wives or their spouses because there's so many low self-esteem women out there willing to give themselves to a man. And my thought was, so we're going to let this man say that he cheats because of somebody else's self-esteem level. Like, we're not going to question that at all. And he made other comments in there that just didn't make any sense. Like he said, you have to make a guy wait 90 days. But then in Chapter 3, he says a guy is not going to wait 90 days. They have needs. So you forgot to say that, like, he's sleeping with other people while you have this timeline on, you need to accept that or you're going to have to make a decision. Like, there are certain things that were just gaps. And so I was like, <laughs> we're all just going to sit by and nod our heads like we're in some kind of daze and not say anything. So that's kind of where that came from. I was like, okay, we're I'm not. Y'all might. I'm not just going to let this go by. And I was shocked at its, you know, success level because I was writing from my heart. And the end of the book, I put, if only one person, if this book only helps one person, then it's done its job. And we sold over 50,000 copies in the first year and a half. Um, it was nominated for Best Self-Help Book of 2011. Really, really, really shocking to me. But I was glad because we had thousands of women from, from the United States literally to the U.K. to email us and say how our book changed their life and how talking about some of our survival stories or things that we've been through helped them find strength. And that was the purpose of the book, really. It wasn't really to go after Steve Harvey. It was just a couple things that I didn't agree right. with that I put in there. But the book was more of a women's empowerment book as far as finding yourself and finding your your self-love without needing someone to make you feel special or to give you that strength. You have to find that from within. I find that women seem to be, as a group, looking for answers. And so I think that's why a book like, like Think Like a Man was successful. And at the same time, uh, a book like yours, Why Do I Have to Think Like a Man is, a, is was successful? Why, do, why is it that it, it seems to me that women are always looking for those answers? You know what it is? It's because we've gotten so far away 
from our core values. Meaning, when we were growing up, my mom, my mom's mom, her mom's mom said, this is what you need. You have a guy, if you get married, he needs to be able to provide for you. If you get pregnant, he needs to marry you, and he needs to provide for you and your child. So that was our that's our upbringing. No matter what, black, white, across the board, believe it or not, in the 1800s, there were more families, black families together than there are today in 2000. You know why? Because we, as women, started to pull away from that. We got our, you know, independence, so to speak. We got our, we got our own job. We got our own money. But we took that too far. And it was like, well, I don't need you. Okay, well, if you don't need me for providing, if you don't need me for protecting, then I just need you for sex. Okay, well, then when you have a baby, because sex equals kids a lot of times, now you're stuck with this woman who's by herself, and it's like, well, I don't need a man, but we do. We really do because what they offer to our family is something we can't, We as women, we just can't bring. You know what I'm saying? That's not how we're built. That's not how we're made. And I think it's just getting further and further away. And every time there's a new rap song, which is now how our generation is living, we're getting further and further and further away from our core values. Oh, I need an independent chick. That's sexy to me. It makes me, what, I mean, what Neo say, the whole Miss Independent. So we get away from that. I need a long hair, thick red bone is what Lil Wayne fans So you've got chicks out here getting booty injections and shots wow. and transfers. And we're just, it's literally a mess. Like when you look out at especially the black population, I mean, I think they said Chicago had, you know, so many deaths and so much. We're so far away from our core family value. And our foundation is so cracked and broken right now, it's out of control. And that's why women are looking for answers. But the thing is, we already have the answers. We already know what's right and wrong. We're just listening to the men who are guiding us in a direction that's beneficial to them. And that's, we have to reflect again. It comes back to us. Shame on us. Somebody got to raise a hand and say, that don't sound right. Talk to me about uh, Miss Rhonda, your mommy. Like, what was the brain child that said let's sit down and write this book like like are you guys that close and uh and 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 you know after you answer that how close you are like tell me what it was like to sit down with your mom and really have these conversations you know what's crazy is my mom is 15 and a half years older than me so that lets you know how close we are in age first off um i was in school at Cal State Northridge in L.A., finishing up my bachelor's degree, and she was in Atlanta. And I was like, Mom, we need to just start writing, like, because this is crazy. What's going on out here in this dating world is bananas. I mean, just, and remember, I had been married. I married my high school sweetheart, so I had no other reference point. I just, you know, I did it very traditional. We planned our children. We got married. We bought a house on a hill. You know what I'm saying? We did the very traditional layout as far as life, as much as I could predict it or, you know what I'm saying, as much control I had over it, I used that. So when I got my divorce in 2008 and I started dating, I was like, oh, my God, this is what people do? Like, this is how people, this is how men talk to women? And so I just more started journaling, and I started asking my mom, who obviously is, a few generations or a generation older than me, I'm like, is this what it is, like, for 40s and 50s? And she was like, yeah, Sinead, it's exactly the same. So I started writing, and I would send her a chapter. And I'd say, now you write on this. And I'd finish, and I'd say, you write on this, you write on this. And my mom being a teen, teen mom and us going through, we had so many different experiences to put all in one book. It was a, a, a magnificent collaboration because you have a teen mom who had two kids by the time she was 17. Her mom was a teen mom. And then the growth that she had experienced in her life to going back to school, to getting her GED, to getting her college diploma, and so on and so forth to the point where she was, quote, unquote, Miss Independent. And she talks about how she went from this teen mom who, who was struggling to this now new age mom who needed no one and how that affected her relationship, which I think was so key in the book because I couldn't talk about it from that perspective. And then you talk about me, you know, having married my high school sweetheart, not really having a lot of reference points, but watching this NFL lifestyle, 
unfold around me in this celebrity lifestyle, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is how people act? This is how people, you know, this is the price that you have to pay for this lifestyle? Because, like we were talking about a couple days ago, there's a price for everything. Nothing is just given to you for free. And so at the end of the day, I wasn't willing to pay the cost to live that particular lifestyle anymore. It, It just didn't have the same value when I didn't know any better. And we were able wow. to put all this stuff in one book. Hey, y'all, this is Roddy Perry. You're tuning in to Roddy Perry Live. You're listening to Miss Shanae Hall, author, fly lady. Her Twitter, she's at Shanae Hall 1. That's S-H-A-N-A-E Hall, the number one. Her website is ShaneeHall.com. I love your website. And her Instagram is Shanae H. And the Facebook is Shanae Hall. Hey, we're going we gonna to take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to talk about the new book. Hey, y'all, this is Roddy Perry. You're tuning in to Roddy Perry Live. We're talking to Shanae Hall, y'all. She got a new book about to hit the streets. It's an exclusive interview before the book hit the, hit the shelves. Thank you for coming on, Shanae. Y'all stay right there. We'll be right back with more Rodney Perry Live. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Rodney Perry, and I got a shout-out to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. That's the nation's largest group of broadcasting schools. Go to their website, www.gocsb.com, or you can call them, 678-205-2210. Connecticut School of Broadcasting. They got my back, player! Every morning is the same. We say hi to Mrs. Williams. We let everybody and their mama merge. And the one bright spot? McDonald's. Where we get one of those sweet and creamy iced coffees. Enjoy. Thank you. Caramel. Every day. Hazelnut. McCafe iced coffee. Vanilla, hazelnut, or caramel. The choice is yours. Tomorrow, we're going for a frappe. Who are you? The simple joy of surprising yourself. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Rodney Perry. The name of the show is Rodney Perry Live. And you can give us a call and let us know what you think. Direct feedback, direct con- This is my number. Give me a call, 404-941-6456. 404-941-6456. Shoot me a text. Say what you want to say. Let Rodney Perry know. You never know. I might take your comment and put it on the air. That's the type of brother you're dealing with. Give us a call, 404-941-6456. The Rodney Perry Hotline. <laughs> hey, uh, it's your boy Roddy Perry. I am back. I'm talking with the great, super talented, fly, super sexy too. The girl ain't half bad on the eyes. Say that right there. Thanks. She, she really is an attractive human being. Um, and and you got this new book. It's called for single ladies only. And mm-hmm. first of all, that kind of just makes me mad because I I don't like to be excluded. You understand? Because not only am I not single, but I'm damn sure not a lady. <laughs> well, y'all, y'all don't need to, to hear this conversation. Like we were just talking about, it's about women coming together and putting a plan together that makes sense, so we can start winning this dating game. That's what this is about. You don't need no parts of this, right? You, you got your, you got your situation together. Okay, now, now, what, what is the dating game now? Like, cause I mean, does anybody win? Like, I mean, you, you just said something I think is really interesting. Like, we got to start winning this game. Does anybody win? What's the win? You know what it is? The, the, when, when In this particular book, and for single ladies only, the win is not being hurt as often. Walking away wow. from a relationship not broken. Err. Walking away better, walking away more stable, and or staying in a relationship that's healthy, that that's going to work for you long in in the long haul. But not only that, figuring these things out within the first two three weeks of conversation. So we okay. invest a lot of time in relationships that we know ain't gonna work because we saw all the red flags and we ignored them because there was one particular area about him that we liked. And so in this book, it's like, okay, we're going to play our own level of next. We're going to ask the right questions. We're going to give the right feedback. We're going to be honest up front. We're going to see how he responds. And if it's not going to work out, it just ain't going to work out. We're going to chalk it to the game and move on to the next. Instead of investing time, energy, money, and then 10 years later or four years later or two babies later, whichever situation you fall under, then you decide, this ain't going to work. I'm going to leave. Let's save all of that heartache and headache 
and do what we need to do in the beginning so that we can find Mr. Right and get to that point in our life where we can start to build a real solid foundation. Now you know uh, I'm 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 really interested with this subject matter. I'm a, I'm a father. I have five daughters. My daughters are 24, 17, 10, 12, and three. So uh, uh, raising my daughters, I'm always interested in the plight of women, especially now, because the plight of women now, I don't know how much better it's going to get in the next decade for my babies. So I love this book. The artwork is incredible. You you really you really now I don't want to give people everything. First of all, when is it going to hit the streets? It doesn't come out until June fourteenth. So I'll be back on probably around the first of June. But I want to get people talking because at the end of the day, the book is an element of it. But my heart is invested in what what I'm trying to teach. You know what I'm saying? The, my heart is invested in the message, and the message can't wait until June. And that's why even though I work for V103 in Atlanta, even though I have all these other contacts, I'm talking to you first. This is the first interview that I've done, period, to talk about for single ladies only because it's important. And we need, like you said, you have five daughters, and we shouldn't wait another 90 days or whatever until it's actually in the streets. We need to talk about it now so when it comes out, we can all do a roundtable discussion and really, really impact on what are we doing as women? Like, what the hell are we doing? What are you doing when you when you decide to bring somebody home on night one? Like, what is your goal of that? What are you doing when you allow somebody to have unprotected sex with you? And we are the highest gender, the highest uh, race of still uh, HIV cases being reported to this day. Why are black women susceptible to all the the falls and downfalls of the people we are dealing with? What are we doing wrong? Because at the end of the day, we can't blame every man that comes into our life. We've got to blame the person that's allowing this man to come into our life. And that's what this is about. Like, let's talk real stuff so that we can move forward. When your daughter, when your three-year-old becomes 18, maybe we'll be at a better place because we started this discussion in 2013 where 10, 15 years from now, it is, we've gotten back to some values. We, we begin to establish something that has value and has meaning and has purpose. That's why I wrote this. That's why we're talking about it now. I love it. The name of the book is For Single Ladies Only. Now, I'm going to give you, I'm going to throw a couple of, you know, the chapter titles out. And just give me a little bit, because people, you got to you gotta go, you got to pick up this book. You got you to gotta, you gotta take it home. You got to really get into it, because you cover so many great subjects. Chapter one, know your worth. What does that mean? Self-explanatory, but one of the examples that I use in the book is, if you were going to put a, you know, Kelly, your um, car on the market, you would go to Kelly Blue Book and you would pull up the value and you would analyze all the elements in it and you would say, okay, my car, my 82 Cutlass is worth X amount of dollars. I want full market value. Bam, that's you. When we as human beings, as women, go out to the club or we go out to a restaurant or we go out on a date, we have to assess a certain value. I am worth not being cheated on. I am worth not being cussed out. I am worth not being ha- being beat on. I am worth not being someone's doormat. I am worth being loved. I am worth dot, 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 you fill in the blanks for yourself. Now, when you go into a relationship, the first or t- to a situation where you're dating someone, as soon as that flash goes off where he steps out of line and calls you a bitch or he st- says that he believes that he should be able to have several women and he's not going to be faithful, you've already determined your worth. So now for only thing he could do is exit stage left because he doesn't have a place in your arena. He's, you know, you're out of his league. You've established that. And that's what knowing your worth is about, is establishing your worth so that when someone comes into your life that's unworthy of being there, you know how to show him the door just as quickly as he walked through it. He can walk out. Shanae is breaking it down. I love it. Okay, chapter three. Dating uh-huh. is for single men you can marry one day. <laughs> well. <laughs> Wait a minute. Now, how are, now, are people dating people? Now, now you got to break that down. Talk to me like I'm a fifth grader. Dating is for now. single men. Okay, I get that. 
that right. you can marry one day. So you're not saying a guy that you you're not you're not dating him to marry him, but that has to be an option. What, what do you mean? Today, exactly. Please. Exactly. <laughs> you just said it. You just said it. If I meet you and you say I'm married, but I still want to date you and a woman decides to continue on with that relationship, she just has to go on with her eyes open. He's technically not available. I mean, the way that we put it, worded it in the book is it's a waste of time. If you have time to waste and you decide you want to waste it on him, move forward with it with your eyes open, knowing that this relationship will never manifest itself into anything more than a nut, and a dinner, maybe a trinket here and there, but at the end of the day, you're going to find yourself, when this relationship is over, by yourself. Statistically, they say 3% of married men leave their wives to go with their spouses or, I mean, their mistresses or girlfriend on the side, whatever. So that leaves you a 97% chance that he's not going to be <laughs> with bad you. Odds. <laughs> That's bad odds. I'm just throwing it out there. So know that and go on with that expectation. Like, okay, he's funny, he's cute, whatever it is is drawing you to this person. I love to be around him and play the game accordingly. The only thing you could do, like I said, is get a nut, a meal, and a trinket. Make sure your trinkets are worthy, that they're going to have some value when he's gone. Make sure that your dinners are nice because you can go into places that you can't afford on your own because it's a waste of your time. So at least get something out of the situation worthy of, of, of that hour or two hours or three hours or whatever you spent because at the end of the day, you're going to be by yourself again. And there was a single wow. man sitting at the bar that could have been yours, but instead you wanted to sit at the dinner table with somebody that belonged to somebody else. I always say this, that life is about space, and when you allow somebody to occupy your space, then the person that's supposed to be in that place doesn't have to, you know, they can't get in there. Exactly. And it, it is, it's, it's sad because it re, the reality of it is there is 8.5 million people on AshleyMadison.com right now, which is a website for married people who want to have, extramarital affairs. So we're in a society now where you could access a date by somebody that you know is married in five minutes. That's where we're at. Like, this is not a game. So don't run around talking about, oh, I got a boyfriend. Don't be telling your girls your man called because your man didn't call. Somebody else's man called. Ooh, Somebody else's you just drop it like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all, uh, it's Rodney Perry. We talking to Shanae Hall. She has given us the ins and outs, exclusive of for single ladies only. Um, chapter six. Don't give a man a definite date for sex. Now, I don't know about this one, Shanae Hall. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait, wait. So you want somebody to walk up to you and be like, if, assuming that you were single, and be like, um. Uh, you know what, you got to wait 93 days. you like, that ain't a problem? Cool. So how many, You know, that's too much information because you don't know where you're going to be at. You don't know how you're going to feel. The purpose of what I said in this book, and this is kind of in defense of, of Steve, is when Steve said make a man wait 90 days, he was just giving you a general guideline as right. to say, I'm not easy. You know, you're going to have to date me. You're going to have to invest some time, some money, some mm -hmm. energy. You're going to have to put forth effort if you're trying to, to get to that next level with me. It's not about the 90 days. It's about the effort he put in during that time frame. It could be nine yeah. days. It could be six months. It could be six years. It could be whatever your comfort zone is. But the whole point of this is it's a discovery process. I'm discovering about your upbringing. I'm discovering about your goals. I'm trying to figure out how you really feel about me or if all of this is some smoke and mirror so that you can hit it because you like what you saw in the club. That's what that time period is. So you don't know how long it's going to take you with that particular man. Some men are going to come out up front and be like, hey, you want to come home with me? Well, it took right. you nine seconds to figure out that this dude don't want nothing but, this, but that. And you right. have to take that at face value. Other men are going to put on a mask and, and send a representative to come meet you. And you got to wait for the representative to leave and the real person to come back. So that may take a little longer. And that's how you're operating. It's, it's, you don't have to give him a time. You'll know and you'll feel it. And use all your good God-given intuition 
and use that appropriately for your benefit. That's why we have that. Okay, I, I guess you know. I mean, I, I I need I need my wife to give me a date. She she needs to let me know when it's going down. <laughs> well, you you married. You shouldn't have no date. You should, whenever you tap on his shoulders, you should be able to get some. But I'm just you ain't falling short. You got six kids or whatever. You you ain't you ain't not getting none. Oh, we we definitely get it. <laughs> okay. This one caught my eye. This chapter, chapter nine. Stop being so needy. Oh, yeah. You know, that's funny because that actually came, we did a lot of interviews. I mean, when I say a lot, we're probably between the first book and the second book, we're probably well over 600 interviews that we did with just men over the past three or four years. And that was one of the main things. When we would ask, give me your top three pet peeves, a lot of these these tips and, and chapters came from men. And that was the biggest pet peeve. It was like, if you are needy in the beginning, even when when he's most into you, by the time you get to be two, three, four months into the relationship, it's almost like the boy that cried wolf. You didn't complain so much and whine so much about all every little thing that you could think of. You don't get that, that jolt, that response that you're looking for. So the whole, the don't be so needy is talk about the things that really matter to you and let it go. If he changes or if he alters his behavior for you, then that means he cares enough to change. If you have to keep going back day after day, year after year, month after month, that means he's not going to change that element. He's not going to call you every day at 10 o'clock or whatever. He's not coming home every day at 2 o'clock if that's your whatever your complaint may be. So just say what you need to say. Allow him time to change or make that adjustment, and then let it go. And if he doesn't, maybe you need to let go right. because you can't right. force somebody to be somebody that they're not. Yeah, I think a lot of times we, you know, men and women, you get into relationships, and your intention is to change that other person. And people change, but they and they always change in their own time. So if you're expecting a person to change tonight because you said so, you're gonna be you're gonna be in trouble. Mhm. Exactly. And you, and, and the, that's the problem, though. That's what we we're talking about earlier on. It's like that during that discovery process, during that don't give them a definitive date. That's what you're trying to figure out. It's like if I tell you, babe, when I call you, you got five hours to text me back or call me back, or it's gonna be a problem. If he just decides he's not gonna text you back or call you back for three days, and that's a problem, it's only gonna get worse. Anything that somebody shows you at the beginning. It's only going to get worse. Even if, and that applies to men who are listening. That applies to women, too. If, I, if you see that I'm flashing on you on day one. It's going to get by crazy. Day 23, yeah. what? By the time you hit it, I'm setting your car on fire. Like, <laughs> on a day. <laughs> oh, my God. The name ahead. of the book is for single ladies only. It hits the streets June 14th. We got exclusive with the author, Miss Sinead Hall. Sinead, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I just want to cover a couple of more chapters. There's 14 chapters in this book. It's a really easy read. Uh, I know ladies are going to snatch these things up. I know it's going to be in everybody's Louis bag, everybody's Gucci bag, everybody's Target bag. You know, <laughs> this is definitely one of those books that you can you can blow through. And it's got a lot of great information, man, which I think is dope. Uh, I, I love this chapter, chapter 12. Your kids don't need to be in grown folks' business. Amen. Preach. Come on now. <laughs> it, is, it is exactly what it says. And as we were talking about earlier when we first started our conversation is how we are raising our kids up and we're getting away from our core values. And the one of the things with this chapter is if you decide to go astray and you want to do whatever it is that you want to do and you want to run the streets and you want to have different men in your life and you want to whatever your vice is, Drugs, alcohol, men, whatever. Your kids don't need to see that part of your life. And I say that because, you know, there's that saying kids are like sponges. Well, that doesn't just apply to reading Dr. Seuss. That's everything. Anything that they see that you bring into their life, whether it's a man who's abusive to to you or to your children, that becomes part of their life. 
And then next thing you know, you have a child who grows up and becomes abusive. Uh, Chris Brown is a very great example because when they interviewed him on Larry King Live, his mom was crying and she said, I tried to get out soon enough, but I didn't get out of the relationship. And he saw me being abused. And now as an adult, he became the abuser. So what I'm saying is keep your children out of your business. That's grown folks' business. And they don't need to be a part of that. If you don't, if you decide whatever your whatever it is in your life, don't bring them around your kids unless you've already been the discovery process with this man. And you know he's a sound mind. He's not abusive. He's not aggressive. He's a great role model. He's a good influence. He's a good provider. He's a good. You know what I'm saying? That that filling all of the blanks of a of someone that you should bring around your child to say. You will set the example of how I want my son to be or my daughter to be or how I expect my daughter to be treated by her man. You are a great example to them. If he shows you anything other than that, keep that man to yourself. Don't bring him around your babies. Wow. Hey, y'all, you listen to Miss Sinead Hall. Thank you so much, Sinead. She's a radio personality. She's an author. She's a mommy. She's a philanthropist. She does it all. And and this book, man, for single ladies only, June 14th, Hits the Streets. Hit her up on Twitter. Let her know you heard about it. You heard it on here. You're anticipating the book. She's at Sinead Hall and the number one. The website is SineadHall.com. The Instagram is Sinead H. Go check out her pictures because she be wilding out on the pictures. And the Facebook it's Sinead Hall. Sinead, I can't thank you enough. Girl, you are dope. You're a great human being, and, and you're killing the game, man. You, They say black folks don't read, but you prove that that's, that's a damn lie. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I appreciate you having me on. You guys, everybody go out and support. Like you said, I mean, the book is nine ninety nine. It's $8.99 on Kindle. You can actually get it on your phone as well. There's an app for that when it comes out June uh, 14th, and it's a small read. It's just like this conversation we just had. It's 124 pages, but it hits hard and it hits home. So I want everybody to go out, support me, support your sister, and also hit me up. Hit me up on, like you said, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and let me know what you thought. I mean, what you think about the book. I don't have no problem with opening up dialogue and let's conversate. Let's get grown about this situation, this predicament we found ourselves in so that we could change it, because that's the only way solutions happen is through conversation. So, Rodney Perry, I thank you for having me on. You you are so dope. You're doing your damn thing. Keep keep it up. And uh, let, let's make this happen. Let's, let's do something fun. Hey, with hey, hey, hey. We're going to have some exclusive, another exclusive with Sinead Hall real soon, because she might be getting on one. She might be taking her whole radio career to a whole other level. We ain't going to talk about it right now. We're going to say that. Hey, y'all, uh, <laughs> this is Roddy Perry. Tune in, Roddy Perry. Like, we're going to take a quick break. Thank you, Sinead. Appreciate it, Rod. Take care. Much love. Hey, y'all, uh, we're going to get it in. When I come back, I got one of the weigh-ins coming on the line. My favorite Wayans. I can say that. My favorite Wayans is on the line waiting. This is Rodney Perry. You tuned in to Rodney Perry Live. Hi. You are not going to believe this. I bought Pepsi Next. What's Pepsi Next? It's the new cola from Pepsi. It's got real cola taste with 60% less sugar. Real cola taste. 60% less sugar. Mmm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I know. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But this is the most impressive mm. thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. Oh, definitely. Oh. <laughs> I've never had anything like it. My parents are going to be. Yeah, they're going to be so proud. Introducing Pepsi Next. Drink it to believe it. Are you getting this, honey? Going viral. The party ain't over, baby. More Roddy Perry Live. We come back. You don't want to miss it.
being in L.A. and watching her rip this little coffee shop and how honest she was on stage. Please welcome to the show, Miss Shantae Wayans. What's up, Shantae? What's going on, Rodney Perry? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Now, now, you heard me tell everybody. You're my favorite, Wayans. I don't know if you know that. Oh, no, I appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you my favorite Perry. You know what I'm saying? You know, so, but I'm, I'm cool with that because there's a lot of there's some Perrys out there. There's some Perrys out there, but you you definitely the, the number one. That's good stuff, man. Well, f- first of all, Shantae, man, uh, again, thank you for coming on today. I'm super excited for you and your journey. Can, can I tell the people? Oh, tell them. Go on. Go on. Ladies and gentlemen, the newest member of the brand new uh, Nick Cannon has brought back the show Wild and Out. He went around the country. They held extensive auditions, L.A., New York, Atlanta, and a handful of people got picked to be on this new season of the show, and one of those people is on the line with us today, Ms. Shante Wayans. What was it like shooting Wild and Out? Oh, it was it was amazing, man. I got to I got to meet a lot of people and I got I got to really see uh where where my talent, you know what I'm saying, was coming out. You know, I'm a I'm a little shy sometimes and stuff like that, but I realized, you know, just throw that camera on and you're gonna see another Tay Tay. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was a beautiful <laughs> thing. Man. I love it. It was hey, a new Tay Tay. Tay Tay, you are just as a comedian, one of the things I always look for in a comic First of all, I love comedy. I love comedians. And one thing that struck me about you early on is how honest you are. Like, how were you able to connect to that so early on in your career? Um, I I think uh, Richard Pryor and my Uncle Damon Wayans, like, set the tone. Because, you know, one thing is you, you get all your business out in the street or you you know, you be honest within yourself, there's not much they can really talk about you. You know what I'm saying? They they could put in the news that Richard Pryor burns himself and all that stuff. He's like, Yeah, I already said that. So what you gonna do? You know, so for me, it, it was just I wanted to be original. You know, I think a lot of jokes that come from different places is like, you know, there's not sometimes you you don't have that originality. You know what I'm saying? And for me it was like, let me see how I can come at it, uh, you know, with and just my life experiences, because it's, it's some funny stuff. I mean, you know, I date women and all that stuff, and, you know, you got a lot of proud uh, lesbians and gays out there, but there's just there's just a lot of hilarious stuff within that that you can't really deny, you know. So it's right. like I wanted to just take it on a different spin with that and, you know, being an alcoholic and all that stuff. I, I think there's a lot of funny stuff in that, and it's, it's therapy, you know, so you get that out. I don't have to go to the AA meetings, and I ain't got to go to a therapist. I can say it to y'all and get off stage and go. You know what? You know, I, I touch somebody. If I can, if I can hit one person in the audience, I did my job. You know what I mean? I, I, that's an awesome way to look at it too, because I think being a comic is a really selfish endeavor. Like, you know, because it's so much about you. I mean, you're on a stage, the whole room is looking at you. It's so selfish. And to make it about more than you, I think, is the secret, you know. And, and to have that idea, it's it's just off the chain, man. And that's, that, again, that's one of the reasons I'm a fan. You know, what, what tickles me, your take on gay marriage. <laughs> Shante Williams, are, are, are you getting married in time, so? Hell nah. I mean, I, 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 I listen. I do a lot of research, and I, I thank all you straight couples out there for showing me that uh, marriage is just not what I want to do. You know, so uh, you ain't I mean, to more get power in. to you. No, nah, I ain't trying to get in. I want to share half of nothing. You know, silver bullets cost a lot of money, and I don't want to split that. You know, I don't want to. I don't give none of that away. It's all mine when I leave. I come in and leave with my stuff. That that is so funny to me. Cause you say you say your, your girl. Wait a minute, your girl heard that you could get married. She was like, "Let's do this." Yeah, I, I moved. I, I immediately. I haven't packed so quick in my life. Matter of fact, I probably left half of my life uh, back in New York when I found that. And I'm from New York, you know. So I just knew New York was going to be the last place to legalize gay marriage. And uh, you know, when my when my Here girl woke up with that. Yeah, she woke up with that uh, little smile, and she had wedding bells. She was picking out dresses. I said, you know what? This one, the Bible coming to play really well. You know, this this is a sin, baby. We should not be doing this right now. We should, we gotta rethink our lives. 
I don't know about this, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about this. That, but how you going to turn down the Bible? You know, how you going to say she can't come back with anything uh, when you put that on the front? So. There you go. You, you know what? I, I think that's such a brave way to attack that subject, though. You know what I mean? Just the the way you did I was like, oh, she's a genius. That was so <laughs> gangster to me. When, when I see you hit that bit, I was like, that, that's why you did it. That's it. <laughs> It works. It works. I'll never get married. Never. Hilarious. You you might one day. You might one day. Now, um, you, you get to travel around the country. You uh, you're a fabulous comedian. What's your favorite spot to work? Your favorite place? Oh man, my favorite place. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I would say New York, just because you could do like five, six shows a night. So you know, yeah. you know, be, being a comic, I mean, you know, you go try a new joke and it might not work. Well, if you're in Cali or or some places, you might only get to do it twice, maybe. But you know, in New York, you go, okay, I don't know what was wrong with that joke, so let me hit up this other spot right around the corner. You know, so in NYC, you could stay in one spot and hit up five, six different places, get home at three in the morning, but you did you did a night's nice work. You know. Yeah, y- your family is. Royalty, you know, there there's not a lot of nepotism in Black Hollywood because there's not a lot of families that are that have been around long enough to even hook each other up. So, right. <laughs> what's it like to be one in this family that's got such a rich tradition? And is there an added pressure to carry the Wayans name? Oh, I mean, it, it definitely is. I mean, I, I just did this show last night where. They uh, was playing in living color while I was doing comedy, you know. And it's like, <laughs> you know, they looking at this stuff. You go, hey, you know how long, you you know, because they want you. I remember when I first started, you know, Damon took me on the road and my uncle Sean, and uh, you know, they expect you to be at their level. And it's like everybody had a process, everybody had to grow and all this stuff. So the pressure just comes in where they go, oh, you a Wayans, you know, be funny. Like I get people that go tell me a joke, you know, and I gotta be. Right one of them and it's like nigga you know I'm I'm myself I'm I'm doing this and I'm growing and all this stuff and you know so the pressure I mean the, the name in itself is just horrible but being with the family you know that's like your own stand up comedy room in itself it's like you you definitely get shut down if you do a bad joke you know it it almost comes to a point where we got some unfunny wins and uh we just love to hear how long they'll go with the joke just to see uh <laughs> Just, just to shut them down. We we want to see that. But, you know, it's it's like, you know, if you could do it in front of them, you, you could kind of do it anywhere, you know? Man, I, I, I can only imagine, you know, what's it like? You know, my brother is a comic, you know, uh, and he, he's, he's really funny. I didn't touch when, when he started doing comedy because he was the DJ at the club. And Hilarious. he started doing comedy. I didn't want to affect his journey. Like, I didn't want, you know, who I was to change who he was. So he was able to really find his own voice. Um, who helped you find your voice? Who who are your peers first? Who who are the people that you, who you get on the phone like, yes, I got this new job. Who, who, who is that first? And secondly, who, who are the people that, you know, maybe which one of your family members be like is your go-to person? Um, the funny thing is when I first started, I remember, uh, first of all, when I first started, I, w- I was at the Ha Ha Cafe in Cali. And uh, me and my cousin, Lil Damon, we battled with this because I, I could have sworn I saw him and his dude, Vinny O'Shaughnessy, get on stage. And I went home and I couldn't sleep. I thought of my two jokes. I had this woman president joke and I, I did this male, having male friends uh, getting too into the story when I come to them about, you know, oh, my, you I know love that stuff. I got these two jokes that I I just could not sleep, and I went and did this open mic, and I um and I wind up getting booked for the actual show that night. But um, I say all that to say, like my uncle Sean actually took me in, and he, he we did like a three hour session to where we watched Wanda Sykes, we watched um, Ellen DeGeneres, and we watched a couple of bad comedians. And we just uh, he just taught me like okay this is this is how you want to go this is how you build the joke this is how you you know execute it and um, it came to the point where he would even come to open mics and I would be saying the joke and I'm about to end it and he'll be like what else about the woman president 
And, I, you know, he was kind of like a, a good heckler. But he would be in the right. audience wow. and he'd, you know, be telling me what else. And I'd be like, well, and this. And they'd be like, all right, well, what else? And it was like just the growth of the joke was like, wow, I didn't know I can get that much out of it. And so for it was I, so basically like me going out. I remember going back out to New York, and I would call him. I would call him. I would call my brother, my cousin Craig, um, and, and even my Uncle Damon. But those three, that first name, they was like, I can call them right away, and I'd be like, yo, what do you think about this joke? And it was to the point where I had to hang up. I'm like, all right, you're giving me too much. Like, I ain't going to remember all that. But they was like really helping me, like, well, try this or try this. And they were like, you know what's funny? And that's that's really what it was about. Like, I can call them any time, and they'll be like, yo, this is what you want to do. And it's, it was just a beautiful thing. So who is your who is your road dog? Who you roll with? Who is your people? Who I roll? Uh, you you mean within the family? No, uh, no, just just your just your comedy friends. Oh man, I mean you. Uh, <laughs> you you know uh, right now, I mean my my lady, she she uh, actually is pretty funny in herself. Like she'll go and we'll uh, you know she'll be like, uh, babe, you didn't really host that good tonight. And she'll, you know, try to come up and give me jokes and stuff like that. So that's kind of my compadre. I mean, living in right. Atlanta, so I don't she really have you so many. much. Yeah, you know, she she helped me out with my little addiction joke, um, my little ecstasy joke. I don't know if you heard, but you know, she she kind of throws stuff out there. But like I said, most of my comedian friends are over the phone. I I just yeah. call my family and you know try to do a premise, and then they, you know, most of the time help me flush it out. Or they'll be like, uh, I don't know if you want to do that. And I'll be like, it's funny. <laughs> it's like, nah, no, you don't want to do that one. <laughs> well, man, even my, he, he, yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say even my Uncle Keenan, he's, uh, he's, he's hilarious. Every time I go see him, he, like, helps me out with a set. So it's pretty dope. Man, man, that's got to be so incredible, you know, to to have, you know, all of that that history, you know, that comedy history, you know. But I mean, it's got to be tough. Like you got, you know, you, you know, the fan reunion. Y'all must be like off the chain. We we are crazy. It's just it's it's a big. I don't want to say circus, but you know, you just. I mean, you know, I laugh. It's just you hear different tones of just ah all over the place. So. You know, we we always have fun, and uh, you know, you you don't expect certain stuff out of out of certain people. Like when yeah. I did the uh, Wild and Out audition, you know, I, I came and I did one of your uh, classes, so you helped me out a lot. I thank you so much for that. Um, but when I went to Cali, uh, I sat with my aunt Kim, and I get okay. really weird, like with with you know my grandma, my aunt Kim, certain people that's you know I, I feel like I gotta own a certain respect, so. I don't like cursing around them or talking about certain situations. So I remember going to my Kim's house and her and her husband, uh, Kevin, They, uh, <laughs> I was doing this character, and then I did this rap, and the rap was so raw. It talking about me being dyke data, and I'm talking about this, and I'm looking at my aunt like, oh, she's going to be like, Shiki, you don't want to do that. And she goes, you right. know what? I don't feel like you get a vagina. I don't feel like you really that girl. And I'm looking at her like, what? <laughs> She completely shocked me. She was just like, you got to want this. If you want to get all the girls in the world, then you got to want this. So, yeah. you know, besides you, uh, I went there, and they, they like, helped me kill my first audition. Without y'all, I probably would have been, you know, lost. But it was amazing. I, I look at it like this. Like, I, I felt like comedically you were solid, right? So... I just wanted to give you a pep talk, you know. I'm I'm yeah. I'm I'm one of the world class pep talkers, you know. Yeah. You know because half the battle in this game is believing in yourself, and I, I knew if you believed that you was gonna be dope, that you would be dope. And 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 then to find out that you had booked the show was so I was so proud. Like you were like I was I was I was a Wayans or you was a Perry or something. <laughs> you know when you told me that I was like excited. <laughs> No, I mean it, that's that's what it was, and and it, and it is believing in yourself. You know, some people might not get it. You know, I get a lot of people that go, uh, you don't want to talk about this, or if if they hear certain stuff, they automatically are like, uh, you know, 
that's not really a good way to go. But then I'm like, just just watch me on stage. Just just watch how the audience, you know, receives it. And then I get on stage and I rock it, and it's like, you know, it becomes a whole other thing. But I, I had to grow into that confidence because, you know, again, everybody's looking at me to be the mother wins and stuff like that, and I'm just like, you know, I'm a different. We, we got so many people. We got a million wins. Why can't one be gay? You know what I'm saying? You better be happy exactly. as a girl. You know what I mean? So my thing is uh, let me come with this perspective and just get that off the forefront. You know, I got so much more to talk about, but it's just such a it's just a, such a funny uh, lifestyle to me that you can't not talk about that. Hey, you, you, you're not only talking about it, you're killing it on so many levels. Um, let's let's cover this. Um, I know people get at you just because you are Wayans. Like, are you able to see that? Are you able to see when people are on the bullshit? Oh, man. I mean, I've learned to be so, uh, I don't want to say phony, but, you know, do the, yeah, 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 all right. You know, um, but I get <laughs> I get so many people that, like, you know, I'll get free uh, stuff. I'll get, you know, won't you come in here and do this? And but I remember somebody, like, offered me 100 bucks to do five minutes. And in the comedy game, you know, when you ain't really nobody, I was doing it for a few years, 100 bucks or $5 was amazing. So oh, it yeah, was like, yeah, but then I show up. You know, it was like I, I got a billboard-sized picture of me, Shantae Wayans, and, uh, you know, all that stuff. You know, people, it, it got to the point where people introduced me with their credit. You know, they be like, y'all know In Living Color, you know more money, you know this. Well, they ain't here, but give it up for Shantae Wayans. And, you know, I come up like, great. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what it's supposed to be. And it's like, I mean, it's, it, it became funny to me. I had to accept it. You know, but I get all the time, everybody wants to work with me, but then they go, yo. I, I had somebody hit me go, yo, you know, we really want you to be on this stuff, um, but this is how we could do it. If you could call Kim or Marlon, you know what I'm saying, then we could put wow. you on the show. You know, I'm trying to hook you up. And I just, you know, it's like, listen, dude, call their agent, and if you want me, you want me. If you don't, you know, I'll get there soon. Yeah, but I deal exactly. with it every day. Every day. You are definitely getting there. Her Twitter is C Wayans, that's C W A Y A N S. The Facebook is Shante.Wayans. Shante, I can't thank you enough for coming on today. I'm so happy. I'm so proud uh, of, of your work. The brand new Wild and Out. Um, they got you rapping, they got you getting it in. <laughs> what can people look for? Oh man, um right now you know I'm I'm trying to uh keep my face out there, you know. I'm I'm really at heart. I want to be a writer and uh so I'm working on uh trying to do a script myself uh as well as, you know, some movies and you know, right now after doing this while now, you know, I think I'm going to try to get into some auditions and try to hit that big screen. So, you know, they they it's it's a lot of stuff to look out for, but I'm trying to hit every genre. I want to hit comedy, I want to hit drama. You know, I think all of that is just necessary, and, and, you know, so look out for that. Hey, we are definitely looking out for it. Thank you for coming on today. You you are, you are, you are the shit, okay? I, I love you, Ronnie. This is the longest conversation we ever had, and this is much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you always, she's like, she's like, Ronnie, why you call me and only talk to me two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, all right, uh, this is enough conversation. I'll, I'll hey, I got to go. It's, I can't <laughs> do it, no. I'm, I'm so not a phone talker, but, you know, at the same time, I really enjoy you. you my friend, I like you, you know what I'm saying? So I sometimes I just need to hear your voice. No, I know, and I appreciate that. You always show love, so... Thank you so much for having me, man, and uh, much love to you, and, and congratulations on all your success, man. I hope it continues. Oh, it's going to continue, and we're going we go to do some movies together. So get ready, Shantae Wayans. Let's do this, Rodney Perry. It's on. They all ain't right. ready for us. <laughs> all right. They ain't ready, not at all. <laughs> all right. Have a good one. All right, y'all. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuned in to Rodney Perry Live. Um, uh, March 20th, rock comedy is in full effect at, at the uh, Hard Rock right in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and I t- I got to bring my man on the line because, and I know y'all are like, Rodney Perry, what you doing? What you doing? You can't bring nobody else. I got to 
This is one of my favorite comics. Another one of my favorite comedians. He, he's my road dog. We, we we go around the country. We do shows. But he's right from Atlanta, Georgia. And he has a show he's created. It's on the Internet. Do yourself a favor and Google the entertainment beat down. Forget, don't Google that. Go to lavlove.com. Watch the entertainment beat down. <laughs> Lav, what's going on today, bro? What's up, Mr. Terry? Now, now this show we aired it. Today is Monday. The entertainment right. beat down just dropped for the week. You come on every Monday, nine a.m. Eastern. You drop a new episode. That's right. We, you know, we get it in. It's, it's like the, when the show come on and tell you it's entertainment news, current events, and just silly shit. We just have a good time, and 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 that's it. And talk about some that you might have heard about, and some you might not heard about and put our own little lab love spin to it. Well, well, let me let me first of all go on record and tell you, I don't ever want to see your ass again. Listen, my ass <laughs> has been begging me for a long time to make an appearance on the beatdown. You know, so I had to negotiate with my ass's agent, and, uh, you know, we came to an agreement, and my ass was able to make an appearance. You know, I got to pay my ass some back end for that and everything. Some back end? Get some back in, baby. So, you know, it, it was a long negotiation, but you know, my ass been trying to get on the show for a while, so you know, I had to let it do. Man, the yeah, entertainment beatdown, you covering news, entertainment, sports, everything. And dude, explain to my audience what it takes to produce an episode of the entertainment beatdown. Uh, it's it's like having the full job, you know, because it's a one man show. I do the editing, I do the filming. I write it, I do everything. So, you know, it's one of them things where, uh, you know, I got to find the clips and search through hours and hours of video. I have to watch hours and hours of TV, news, uh, just constantly do the background research. Then sometimes you find a story, but, you know, it ain't there's no video to it. There's not a whole lot of information. So you got to dig down like a private investigator and find out exactly what's the back end of the story because the back end of the story might be funnier than the headline. So, um you know, then you bring it all together, and then once you bring it all together, then you got to mix it just right so it come off just right. So I learned a lot doing the show myself. I, I have learned a lot. Man, you 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 do you do so, you do such a great job, man. You, you edited, you produced it. Lav Love Studios is off the chain. You got your own green screen for God's sakes. You know, hey, dude. hey, you know. If, if, you you got to fake it till you make it. You know what I'm saying? Steven Spielberg ain't jumping through the roof saying, "Lad, let's let's do this entertainment beat down." So hey, I I ain't on the Steven Spielberg budget. I'm on a Negro Spielberg budget, but uh, we make it happen with the green screen. Ain't nothing a little paint and the free area in your house can't hold you back right there. That's that's all you need. Man, uh, his his uh, Twitter is is at comedian Lav Love. The the website is comedian Lav Love as well, right? Yes, every I I try to centralize. It's like Coca Cola. Everything is comedian lab loves. And, and email, Twitter, uh, website, everything. Everything is comedian lab love. Now you gave me an opportunity to to step in and be a part of the beatdown. I can't thank you enough, man. Uh, how can people get in contact? You know, get you they get you they clips, and how can people get the information out to you? Uh, you can anybody. You know, I'm always looking for clips because that cut down on my work right there. So you can always email me again at comedianlablove at comedianlablove dot com and uh, just shoot me a link to the uh, to the video. Then I definitely watch it all day, every day. And that's it. Or send me the the video link on Twitter. I'll take it on Twitter because hey, hey, you see that link out there you? anyway, huh? You see that link I sent you? Oh yeah, I, you you done? Pat. Yeah, I got that right there. That's, yeah, that's backfilling motion right there. You talking about the ass making an appearance? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was great. Carpet yeah. ass right there. Hey man, hey, hey we got to go live, man. I want to thank you for calling in today, man. Where, where you gonna be next, bro? I'll uh, be at uh, the Comedy House Theater in Columbia, South Carolina, headlining twenty seventh through the thirty first. March 27th through the 31st at the uh, Columbia, South Carolina, 
what is it? The Laugh House. That's the Laugh House, right? No, the, the Comedy House Theater. Yep. Comedy, Comedy House. House. Comedy, Comedy House. House. That's right. This man, I know you're going to kill it out there. Columbia always come out. And, uh, man, man dude, I, I'm a fan, man. So we're going we're gonna to definitely uh, we're gonna put your, your, your uh, website in our blast. And uh, we're gonna support, man. So let, let's get the word out there. You, you, you. The man is Lav Love. His website is Comedian Lav Love. That's Comedian L A V L U V dot com. You can check it out. All the information. The name of the show is the Entertainment <laughs> Beat Down. I did Beat my down. Did you hear that? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Lav. Hey, thanks a lot, y'all. Hey, man. That's our show for today. Show's been off the chain. Thank you to Lav Love. Thank you to Shantae Wayans. And thank you to Shanae Hall. The name of her book is for single ladies only. It hits the street June 14th. Comedian Lav Love gets it in every Monday, 9 a.m. Check your email. Subscribe. Go to his YouTube. Subscribe so you can be a part of this this movement, man. Lav Love, you the man. Thanks for coming on, dog. I appreciate you for having me, Mr. Perry. Hey, hey, and what we gonna do? We can you do us a little like 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 thirty second entertainment beat down that I can run on the show? I'm a, uh, you know, hey, we've been talking about that. I'm gonna try to do that. You know, I gotta be in the lab tonight, so you know, usually Sunday nights that's my late night. So I'll be up to like two, three o'clock in the morning. So uh, I might, I'm gonna shoot you that tonight. I'll, I'll do shoot, that shoot me a little because I'll, I'll put it in the show. I run it like a commercial, man. Because we gotta let people know, you know, where's it going on, and just like, you know, maybe not like an episode, but just like, you know, we, we'll do something fly with it. So y'all look for it. I'm adding the beat down. Laugh, love you. You a member of the show now. This Rocky Perry Live. You know how we get down. I, I can That's do our that show right for the day. Y'all stay blessed. You. We're gonna continue to uh, take take our careers and our lives to the next level. We can't do it without y'all. And um, uh, I'm coming to a city near you. It's called a Black Tour. Y'all go to my website, RoddyPerry.com, and see what I got going on. I'll see y'all later. That's our show. We are out.